This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? It's Rashan here. Welcome to episode 19 of Inspiring Design. Today is a unique topic and it's all about fashion design. And the guest today is one of my good friends and fashion designer, Sarah Pretorius. I hope I got that name right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sarah is the founder and director of Carlisle the Label, specializing in stretch swimwear. She has studied the fine arts, majoring in fashion design, and with over five years of experience in the fashion industry, she's also been involved with a footwear brand called Holster Fashion. She has a wealth of knowledge and an amazing designer and teacher. Sarah, welcome, and thanks for giving up your time today. Thank you. Pleased to be here. Can we start off with a little bit of background on experience on yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, fashion design is something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I think it started when I was 13. I decided I want to be a fashion designer. And I remember a lady from my hometown saying, well, if Sarah wants to do fashion design, she's going to have to learn how to sew. Yeah. And, well, I was pretty comfortable with just the idea of designing with pen and paper. And I resisted my mother's invitation to teach me how to sew for years. But, um I learned how to sew and then straight out of uni, I went on to studying a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Fashion at QUT. Yep. And um, halfway through the degree, I did a stretchwear unit. And before this, I had no desire at all for stretchwear. But I was pretty blown away by all the stretchwear machinery and how stretchwear was constructed so differently from woven fabrics. Yep. And in that, I actually developed a little niche for activewear. Um, a niche, it was a bit of a niche then. It was kind of at the very beginning of the phenomenon of activewear and it was still exciting to design clothing that you would wear outside the gym as well. Right. Yeah, so um, that kind of passed my career a little bit. So then I went on to naturally seek employment in activewear design. So I did women's wear design for activewear and a little bit of men's. Mm-hmm. And I decided to also to start my own label. Yep. And it was meant to be an activewear brand and it quite organically became a swimwear brand. <laughs> so my... Um, Designs when I did my collection were meant to have like two pieces of swimwear and it ended up like 80% swimwear. <laughs> yeah, wow. So you're not just a fashion designer, actually. There's a bit of entrepreneurship in there as well. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, it's something that I've always liked delving into. So, and I've been doing it alongside work as well. So I haven't been doing my business uh, full time or anything yet. Mm-hmm. but it's nice. I love having something on the side. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, fashion design is like, it's a completely new area for me. And when you say things like stretchwear, I actually have no clue what that means. <laughs> and um, so obviously our listeners are um, a lot more in the education field, even though they have inclinations towards the design industry. We've got a whole variety of listeners um, 
that tune into this podcast. So can you explain a little bit more about what stretchwear is for from like layman's terms point of view? Yeah, so stretchwear is um, clothing that is probably what most people are wearing. Like if you've got a T-shirt on, Mm -hmm. it's a stretchwear, like it's stretch. And um, so swimwear, activewear, anything that is stretchy, Mm -hmm. um, like quite notably, it's got a different kind of a a thread um, other than your woven fabrics that you'll see that is like a business shirt or a pair of jeans and or a blouse. Right, I gotcha. I think um, I think the jeans that I'm wearing right now is probably falling under oh, that same category. Lovely woven. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, um, obviously the topic today being fashion design. One of the things that I like to do is define each dis- design discipline and. So in a nutshell, and being your expert topic, what is fashion design? Um, Well, quite simply, it's the art of designing clothing or accessories or anything that is wearable for the human body. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be functional to varying degrees depending on what the purpose of the clothing is and aesthetically pleasing also to varying degrees. So it also begins with an idea um, or a purpose or a problem and typically, you know, involves starting with sketching and mm-hmm. then you do all your fabric sourcing, pattern making, twirling and sampling. So it can be very creative and it can also be very not creative because the industry <laughs> so broad <laughs> yeah fair enough and and i think it's almost like an industrial designs ro- designer's role but for obviously clothing so you're specializing in a one one type of product but within that own product there's so many different categories like it's almost endless isn't it yeah pretty much so yeah it's design developing a product and um i i see the big difference um just from doing clothing and then doing footwear, which is my current work now, and how different it is developing for a shoe versus a swimsuit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, what made you actually go into swimsuits, if you don't mind me asking? Um, It all happened quite organically. It was kind of the swimwear all happened in my own brand. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do activewear. I thought, oh, let's chuck some swimwear in here too because that would be great. And it kind of overpowered the activewear and it just kind of worked. I do live on the Sunshine Coast, so it does seem to be fitting. And yep. I mean, it's not something that I even was very intentional about. Like I didn't plan um to become a swimwear designer but it just kind of fell into place that way yeah no that's fair enough and i think yeah given you're from the coast um it does make a lot of sense and looking at your products as well i must say they are quite beautiful oh thank you <laughs> um and all right well looking at that like now given my background in architecture there's a very very formal process of becoming an architect and you know the registration process and how to study and the learning curve and experience and so on with fashion design is there a formal process how does one actually become a fashion designer right so yeah i imagine it's definitely not as formal as architecture Mm -hmm. Um, the most common entry would be to study a fashion design degree at university or 
TAFE and there's also a lot of new private fashion schools popping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in saying that, there are a lot of successful fashion designers who didn't study a degree at all um, and it's becoming more and more accessible to become a fashion designer without a degree. But right. I, I found it invaluable studying a degree and um, being a competitive industry, you will find that a lot of fashion desi- design jobs will require a tertiary fashion design degree, but mm-hmm. it's definitely possible to secure work by having a stand-out portfolio or climbing the ladder in the industry as well. Yeah, I see. So there's actually no governing body as such for fashion design? No. So a lot of um, a lot of jobs will be portfolio-based yeah. and experience-based. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I love a degree because it, personally teaches you how to be competent in all the areas from start to finish of actually how to pattern make and construct the clothing Um, because even though commercially that's something that a lot of designers will outsource, I think that having that knowledge really makes the process a lot more seamless. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I guess um, at a tertiary level is when a designer really finds themselves and you're able to test and, you know, find what works best for you, what are the unique elements and strengths and weaknesses in your process. So I think that's um, that's quite cool. And yeah. I think given the fact that there's also no governing body, it actually leaves a lot of room for movement and flexibility. And you can take the, if you're creative, you can take the design industry wherever you want. Definitely. And I mean, I've also delved into graphic design as well because, you know, we learned that as part of our fashion design degree because a lot of things do cross over and so that's been helpful too. Um, Yeah, I think that it's just good because it forces you to be there and spend those years learning and not, and things that you wouldn't probably think to pursue if you didn't have a structured degree giving you different elements. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. And, um, it makes sense. This is this is a pattern that I'm seeing over and over again, speaking to dif- designers from almost every single di- different design discipline. And the this notion of graphic design and design thinking and the software skills and sketching, all these common factors are the foundation of every single design discipline. So it's really, I think, unique to see that. And um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, obviously, in architecture or uh, industrial design, for example, or even landscape, there's a lot lot of um, CAD and software skills that are required. Mm-hmm. In terms of fashion design, what softwares do you guys use? I assume Photoshop might be coming into play, but otherwise, um, what, what, what kind of software do you guys delve in and use it every day almost? Yeah, so um, probably Adobe Illustrator would be the number one. Yeah. Um, I think that if you had to pick one, you would use that and mm-hmm. design in Photoshop. Um, I think that you can use go without Photoshop because when it comes to doing fabric prints, printing your own fabrics, you can actually make those patterns in Illustrator or Photoshop depending on which way you want to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really handy to have those skills um, because we do digitalize our sketches and then we create tech packs and Mm -hmm. tech sheets and it's great to have it all yeah, digital. Um, there is CAD software out there too um, that 
digitalizes your patterns and can be graded to any size. But normally this is something that your manufacturer or factory will take care of. Right. Yeah, the Adobe Suite does it for me. I see. So I guess um, even prototyping something or um, sending it to a manufacturer vector-based design will help you and illustrator will will do that job i guess so it's a yeah and compatibility with whatever the manufacturer is using isn't it yeah and it makes it easy um if you're going to if you're doing a few designs that are quite similar you don't have to you can kind of take that vector and adapt it a little bit without restarting the whole thing yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm a, I'm a massive Adobe fan, and um, so yeah, it's Illustrator, Photoshop. It's my forte. So yeah, definitely, I think I might have to give it a go, being a fashion designer, see what happens. Surprise <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that I actually really enjoy facilitating is design thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, design thinking, by definition, is um, human-centered innovation, and given the nature of fashion design, I can see a direct correlation with um, human being the actual center, even in your footwear brand, swimwear, you can't work without that. So how does it actually unfold in in terms of a day-to-day process and embedding design thinking within your design process? How does, what does that look like from a fashion design point of view? Well, from a fashion design point of view, I think that, Like normally you're not designing all throughout the year, but um, design thinking is something that I do really try and incorporate and not overlook when I am designing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because with the overconsumption of fashion and mass production in the industry, it can really be left out to meet demands. And so I really try to encourage slow, sustainable fashion that is long-lasting and has a bit more meaning and substance. Yep. Um, design thinking in the beginning, um, just kind of not skimping on the time of the design just to meet demand. So spending time um, pushing your design boundaries and trying to get to something that you wouldn't you wouldn't come to if you were just going to give yourself, you know, a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. Well, it, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's okay. It's design thinking is actually so much fun. And, and I honestly think it's the central, central point of every single design discipline. And speaking to the different design professionals, it's proven to be the case as well. Even though you might be a UI UX designer or industrial or architecture, yeah. somewhere along the line, you have to come back to that human element. And if we don't, as a designer, reverse engineer that process, it's almost like designing a product that doesn't have an end user. So it's, I feel like it needs, it, it is the foundational knowledge of every design discipline. Yeah, definitely. And fashion design being something that's so closely um, connected to the human body, like you've got it, people are always looking for solutions on how to be more functional and. Mm. Yeah, so there's definitely problems to solve and adapting to happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, one of the questions, and this is a bit of a tangent, but um, obviously we all come in different shapes and sizes. So it's it's a very different case when you're designing, let's say, a chair that will you know fit 90% of the people out there. How mm-hmm. do you 
cater to the different sizes almost and i guess because you're in that niche of stretch wear it's it's a bit more flexible but in terms of a fashion designer that i i'm how do you actually tackle that problem um yeah that's actually a really interesting problem and um it kind of comes that there are constraints when for a business um, when it actually comes to i want to provide for this many sizes sometimes it's not feasible to to start from like a size 6 and go all the way up to a size 26 so yeah kind of like picking where do you want your product to be marketed to what gap do you want to fill mm-hmm. um i've recently kind of gone in the process with my label is i've decided i wanted to cater for uh women who are a bit bigger and a bit more bustier mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um my collection that I'm launching very soon really is quite different from my previous one and that's meeting demand and feedback that I got um but yeah I think it even it is challenging because my manufacturers find it more difficult and so that's when you have to keep you have to keep working out what problems to solve yeah and I guess it's an it's that ongoing iterative um process in in that again design thinking approach where you need to constantly keep going back to your target audience get feedback go back to the drawing board test it prototype come back test it feedback <laughs> and yeah, um yeah it can be pretty deflating when it takes so long but but it's worth it in the end definitely and i guess once you this is the design approach when by the time you get to it few different rounds you know revisions and st- such you end up with a really awesome product that your you know customers and your target audience loves so um i think it's definitely worth it um going through that process regardless of the design discipline yeah and it will take a few seasons so yeah <laughs> see i that's uh, that's very much a fashion design terminology i think working with seasons so there you yeah. go <laughs> um one of the questions i wanted to ask was in terms of design thinking there's usually the development of a persona card and empathy mapping now this is I'm again going off a bit of a tangent where UI UX designers will actually uh formulate an ideal persona for example call him John Smith there 30 to 35 year old um young professional uses the mobile you know 12 hours a day and does mobile banking and so on so is there that kind of a um user profile or empathy mapping system that happens with in fashion design where you will almost create a persona for your ideal target client absolutely I, i um i've done this in all different um different jobs but um in my brand i have a name for her mm-hmm. and um yeah i do have a, i haven't looked at it for a little while but yep. yeah i have a complete write up about what she loves to do what she, what kind of job she has and yep. where she wants to travel etc perfect so it's almost what do they say do think and feel isn't it yeah and and then how your clothing can can meet their needs yeah yeah and that's brilliant and obviously it's an ongoing process the more feedback you get the more this person evolves and gets closer to that target audience isn't it 
Definitely. And so it's probably soon time for me to go back and see, is this aligning with the customers that I'm getting and or should I be altering it? And Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Now, obviously, we're in the middle of the fourth industrial revolution at the moment with a, a rapid technology change happening and it's affecting a whole lot of design industries and even, you know, medical or business or architecture, it doesn't matter. It's almost every single design discipline, the way we work, the way we uh, interact with people, it's all changing very rapidly. Now, technology like VR and augmented reality and artificial intelligence has has played a big part already in the architectural space and industrial space and UI, UX and so on. How does that affect the fashion industry? Um, Well, I think that at the moment there's a lot of that is kind of happening with the um the retail space and the consumer and and i think we're seeing a rise of artificial intelligence um bringing back data Mm -hmm. uh, from your consumer um that then can aid in the design process yeah i think like we're already seeing a rise in wearable technology and I think it's only going to get more developed and refined. Um, I mean, people, like the way that people can visualise the clothing on their bodies without going into a shop, that's going to, I mean, I don't think we're fully there yet, but it's that'll be happening soon. And That's actually really cool. I like, it's almost, that's almost augmented reality, like overlaying a T-shirt without having to put it on. Like, that's that's amazing. Yeah, and on your body, I'm sure we'll have our own customer profiles. And yeah, it's almost scary, but it's pretty cool as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it'd be interesting. I mean, ten years ago, we wouldn't like we didn't even have online shopping, and that's changed the industry so much. Mm. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Now you mentioned wearable tech. Um, yeah, wearable tech before. Does that fall under? industrial design or fashion design now i know uh, when i spoke with the gentleman from marvel a few episodes ago he also mentioned wearable tech as a avenue that industrial designers go down where does that stand in terms of fashion design i think that it's probably a correlation between the two so a lot of fashion design um if you're looking for factories to make certain things they're actually probably industrial design factories Mm -hmm. Um, so i think that to really make that work, you would want a collaboration happening. Yeah, there you go. So I think you can't not do it without the involvement of a fashion designer. It's more of a collaborative approach, isn't it? I feel like there might actually be a niche there where new job opportunities will you know, prospect and come out of that little gap there. Yeah, and you might see degrees, double degrees in those areas as well. Yeah, that's actually really cool to hear. Obviously, a lot of the listeners being educators in the design industry, these are the kinds of things that are very important to understand because teachers having to teach students who are now in high school will end up in the industry 5 to 10, 12 years from now. And they might be entering jobs that don't even exist right now. So that's actually really valuable information. Yeah. Awesome. Um, even even when I was at uni, the, mm-hmm. it changed throughout it that we started 
um, we started going over and working with completely non-related fashion design. So mm-hmm. making products and things as well just because they knew that that was a demand that we were going to have to start meeting. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. And um, I think as a fashion designer and any design discipline, it's quite important to emulate your mentors, the ideal designers. Like I'm a massive fan of Bjark Inglis. I'm not sure if, you, if you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> yeah. So is there any um, idols in the fashion industry that you follow so that the listeners can also have a look and learn from them? It's such a tough one on the spot. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's there's so many. Um, mm. Are there any brands that you might think is really cool the way they do design and and the way they manufacture products? Uh, yeah, I think that um, Patagonia, um, who do the lifestyle, they really like. When it comes to their sustainability, I think that they have some crazy amount of factories Mm -hmm. and if they can't do something in a sustainable way they they get back to the design and they they make it work yeah i like that the brands that really they don't skimp on um trying to be sustainable and yeah yeah Yeah, no, that's actually pretty cool because I think that circular economy coming into play now, that linear process of, you know, manufacturing and then waste is now changing to that circular economy where that waste is actually now being brought back in for manufacturing. So I think that sustainable approach is really cool and and, um, it's mindful of the broader picture rather than just a standard product and business model. So I I think that's, that's really valuable as a designer to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely important, and it's not. I think it's more of a necessity now, and not just a an add-on. That's right. That's right. Now, um, as a designer yourself, how do you keep up with the t- latest trends, and you know what's in and what's out? Obviously, that's a very important thing in the fashion industry. Um, how do you keep up with it? Like, what do you go online? Is it um, do you research on magazines, or what's the best way to keep up to date with the fashion industry? Um, well, there are a few different trend forecast programs out there that help. Okay. Um, there's actually a database called WGSN, mm-hmm. and they actually kind of predict the forecast of fashion for the next couple of years to come, and they're really specific in all the different fields. So there's there's categories just for swimwear and what we're going to be seeing in 2021 already. Wow. Um, um, but, but I mean, also just trying to take on those trends and do your own thing as well and following your brand and, and your environment where you're based too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that my stuff can be quite, quite commercial and doesn't test too many boundaries, mm-hmm. but they don't. They don't change too much and I have quite a slow approach to my design and I don't I don't have to rush to meet multiple seasons a year because I don't do multiple. Yeah. So yeah, I it can be something that I want my designs to be more um, classic and long lasting. 
Yeah, definitely. And I've actually had some experience in the men's fashion industry. Um, one of my ex-business partners was in the high-end suit industry. And um, just the amount of detail and thought process that's behind the designer and how they showcase it just to make that extra little bit more whether it's the pattern in the fabric or how it how it sits over the shirt the lapel design or how it hugs the body every little detail it's actually really cool and regardless of even it being fashion industry i think that seasonal change and everything else coming into play it's really cool so um sarah i've actually learned so much from you <laughs> just in this very short period of time um should uh, what's the best way to check out Carlisle brand um, if someone's interested? Oh, well, I have a website and mm-hmm. it's carlislethelabel.com. Or I'm also on Instagram and that's also Carlisle the label. So, yeah, awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Go check that out. And um, if you really like it, put that order through the online shop. And um, Sarah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for giving up your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Awesome.